Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living.
How beautiful. Let's give them another hand. Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. Visit, good morning, visitors and online viewers. We welcome you all and we hope that you will enjoy our uplifting and inspiring service today. It's already started that way. I'm Lois Jones, I'm the platform assistant and I'll be sharing the upcoming events and announcements with you. If you're a first time visitor, again, welcome. We're happy that you're here and the usher will have a welcome packet for you as you leave the sanctuary. Please join us after service today in the social hall as we enjoy some light refreshments and conversations with one another as we prepare for our annual meeting today at 11.30 a.m. The meeting will be in person and on Zoom. Please join us in person to vote on the annual budget and our new board nominees. We will hear new ideas and be updated on the overall status of the church. Next Sunday, February 25th, and every fourth Sunday will be Blood Pressure Sunday. We wanna check and see if you're still alive. Lynette Kelly, director of our health and wellness ministry, encourages us all to have our blood pressure checked. She will be in the social hall every fourth Sunday from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. to check your blood pressure. Lynette will also be available with some healthy information and answers to your health questions and concerns. Lynette is in the back there. Please join the UFH Women's Group meeting on March 10th at 1140 in room two. Discuss and experience Healing Touch with presenter Elmarie Newson. Healing Touch uses light touch or off the body, off the body hand movement to influence the energy system and promote deep relaxation physically, mentally, and emotionally to allow the body and mind to heal itself. All are welcome, love offering accepted. Reverend Kelly will facilitate a seven-week class from Emily Cady's book, Lessons in Truth, on Tuesdays, beginning Tuesday, March 12th through Tuesday, April 23rd, from 6.30 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. Through this class, gain a greater understanding of new thought philosophy and metaphysical Christianity presented in 12 lessons that show us how to increase our personal power and enhance our spiritual growth. To sign up for this class, email seniorministeryufh.com. The required text, Lessons in Truth by Emily Cady, is available on amazon.com or unity.org a love offering donation. Please join us on Sunday, March 17th at 10 a.m. for new member service. 
and help us welcome our new members as we continue to grow and expand our church community. Join Reverend Kelly midweek to study, learn, and grow in Bible study class on Wednesday afternoons from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. on Zoom. Pray and meditate in meditation service on Wednesday evenings from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. in person and on Zoom. To join the Bible study and meditation through Zoom, go to unityfh.com. Sue Resnick is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. All others are asked to exit immediately after service to allow a quiet space for prayer. To stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that's emailed every Friday. And now, as this fabulous music team sings, surely the presence, let us prepare for meditation and our opening prayer. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Now it's time for the reading of the daily word, our opening prayer meditation. So I invite you, if you feel led, to gently close your eyes. Feel free to do so. Otherwise, you can read along. <clears throat> Sunday, February 18th, 2024. Acceptance. I practice acceptance and find peace. Our message reads, In the past, I have resisted unwelcome situations and unwanted outcomes. Over time, I have learned that my resistance did little more than leave me agitated and unhappy. I have learned to trade resistance for acceptance. Accepting situations as they are does not mean I like what is happening, but it does mean I am willing to be present to do it without, to it without resistance or struggle. From that place, I am better able to work toward creating better conditions for myself and others. When I practice acceptance, I invite the presence of God to inspire and comfort me. I shift my attention from what might feel wrong to that which is always right, the absolute unchanging goodness of God. Our Bible verse for today comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. 
Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. My voice seems to be echoing. <clears throat> Let us pray. So as we... My voice, here we are. So as we go into prayer, with our eyes gently closed, let's take a deep cleansing breath. And bring your attention down into your heart center. And as you go into the heart center, allow yourself to open up to a deep feeling of love and peace. Let's let go of the hustle and bustle of the day. And move into knowing that everything is all right right now. A deep sense of acceptance. Releasing any resistance to what's happening. And just open yourself up to acknowledge and affirm that one power, that one presence, that one activity that is right there dwelling within your center. Animating you right now as you move and breathe and have your being in God. God moves and be breathes and has it be is being in you. God, today we choose to let, let it go, to release it and let it go. Right now we release all tension and tightness, stiffness, and let our bodies relax. Let love radiate your entire being. Let it radiate out into the sanctuary. Feel the love of our fellowship and our worship today. As we acknowledge that greatest part of us, the God within. Just sit with that feeling of love and peace just for a little bit. Let your mind be willing to let go of what you think you know and be coachable to open up into the spirit of God within and the message that we will receive today.
And God, we thank you for your mighty gift of love that loves us no matter what. It's teaching us how to move into a greater level of love by loving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Following your lead on how to love ourselves. And then going out in this expression of love to everyone we encounter in the entire universe. We lift this prayer and this meditation in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Now let's do our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Well, if you know it, say it two more times. I am an individualized one more time. I am an individualized expression of God. Amen to that, Lord. <laughs> I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's go ahead and affirm our growth affirmation together with some gusto, knowing that we trust and believe what we are affirming. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth fills our hearts with love and joy and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Well, I called your name a long time ago And you sprung a well from a heart of stone But I was careful then when I let you see Only thought you wanted the best of me The less I trust you, the less I grow The more you love me, the more I know I don't have to be afraid to show all of me all of me, where there's hurting, you show me what healing can do. Where there's hatred, you show me how kindness can move. Where there's fear deep inside, I won't run, I won't hide. I'll give you all of me so that you can see every broken beat and open up my whole heart, whole heart. And I love you with my whole heart, whole heart. let you in all the way to the scars beneath my skin and you don't look away cause you understand and you hold my heart with a gentle hand oh where there's hurting you told me what healing can do where there's hatred you show me how kindness can move where there's fear I won't run, 
follow me so that you can see every broken piece and open up my whole heart, whole heart, and I love you with my whole heart, whole heart, my whole heart. The less I trust you, the less I grow. More you love me, the more I know. I don't have to be afraid to show all of me, all of me where there's hurting. Where the sorrow and shame enter into the pain Where there's hurting You show me what healing can do Where there's hatred You show me how kindness can move Where there's fear deep inside I won't run, I won't hide I'll give you all of me so that you can see Every broken piece and open up my whole heart you with my whole heart, oh, I love you with my whole heart. My whole heart. Wow, wow, wow. Let's give him another hand. Not with just a little bit of your heart, not half your heart, but your whole heart, right? Amen. Say your whole heart. Your whole heart. All righty. I'm going to ask y'all to say it again. And this time we're not going to act brand new. We're going to act like we know what we're saying is true. Say whole heart, y'all. Whole heart. Thank you. Woo. That was, that was a better song than that. <laughs> whole heart. Okay. <laughs> the rinky-dink will bring, bring you back rinky-dink, I'm just saying. But if you say it with, I'm just saying, you put out rinky-dink, you're going to get rinky-dink back. <laughs> I want the whole heart. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm up here. Um, miss, I ran out without my stuff, so I'm just letting God do what God do. Because <clears throat> um, I know it's God the one, God's the one doing it anyway, right? Okay, <laughs> y'all asleep? Yeah. Is God doing it? Yes? yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Woo. I'm about to shake some of y'all, wake you up. I, I thought I was the only one who didn't get sleep last night, but you guys are putting me to sleep. <laughs> so, so today is the first day of Lent. And we have been going through the, uh, we've been going through Revelation um, for a little bit now. Um, but today, um, in this first, uh, first Sunday of, it's not the first day of Lent, it's the first Sunday of Lent. Wednesday was the first day of Lent, which was Ash Wednesday. Today is the first Sunday of Lent. And Lent is usually a 40-day uh, period. Make sure my scarf is right. It's a 40-day period of um, transformation and renewal. Now, they came up in antiquity, 40 came, the, the reason why 40 was the number of days to make it, 
the Lenten season, was because it's commemorating Jesus' time in the wilderness, the 40 days and 40 nights that Jesus was in the wilderness. And that also commemorates how uh, Moses led the Israelites for 40 years before they crossed over into the promised land. The other thing that 40 commemorates is spiritual preparation. And being in the wilderness are those processes that we have to go through for to go through to be to be spiritually sharp and to be spiritually uh, matured and to be spiritually intellectualized by the spirit within. Does that make sense? Because all of us have an intellectual, a uh, human intellect, but the human intellect can only take you so far. It can only take you as far as the experiences that you've had, no matter how long you've lived. It can only take you that far. Spiritual intelligence is the connection that we have to the omniscience of God, which is the all-knowing presence of God. And so when we go through the wilderness experience, when we go through that, and especially when we go through the wilderness experience with acceptance instead of resistance, there's a healing, there's a strengthening, there's a rising up, there's a maturity, and there's a deeper awareness of who you are as you go through that experience. Now, the thing that is beautiful about this experience with Jesus, which we're going to talk about in Matthew chapter 4, this is after Jesus has been baptized by John the Baptist, and then he, it says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness. The spiritual... the Traditional re- reason for I'm listening. The traditional reason for the Lenten season is for fasting, for prayer, and for penance. Uh, uh, well, giving, giving of alms. And in that, in the traditional, what they would do is they, would, you, what we do now in the Western community, uh, I mean the Western, is give up something sweet or give up something that we want to let go of, some type of behavior or something like that. However, we're meant to go deeper. We're meant to, this is a mystical time if we do it right. This is a time of tuning into uh, how God had Jesus go through the experience in the wilderness and meet God right where he needed to be in order to fine-tune himself along with God for his ministry. After he was baptized, it was an acknowledgement that he had a ministry and that Jesus was here to do something specific for the world. And actually, literally, it was for himself first, and through that example, it was for the world. But as you go through strengthening yourself and going to a higher level, you walk out so much more powerfully than you did when you went in. And this is a deep season that we, and I love that we do it every single year because it gives you a brand new opportunity to go through renewal and transformation. It gives you a brand new opportunity to rededicate yourself to the Christ within. It gives you a brand new opportunity, a new anniversary to go in with God and have a deeper relationship with God. And I promise you, where you think you are right now is nowhere near where God has you um, has for you to go in your lifetime. There's a major lesson on your life. And unless you move those blocks out of the way, unless you walk through your life the way we're intended to, you're not going to really fully feel satisfied because you're not going to be living the gift of the purpose of your life. Does that make sense? And that's what we're here to do. All of us have some type of purpose, even if you come in and you're cleaning up. 
what it, uh, Brother Lawrence, who wrote this book called Practicing the Presence of God. He was a monk, I think he was, and he wrote this book, and he took the simplest things like washing dishes and cleaning and mopping the floors, and he did it to the glory of God. His relationship with God was in every aspect of his life, even eating his food. And that is what we're meant to do during the Lenten season. Now, fasting, prayer, and giving are spiritual practices. They really are. They really are. And during this 40 days, if we really want to get through this, move to have a true resurrection on Easter Sunday, we will take this seriously. Jesus is considered the second Adam. The first Adam, of course, was with Adam and Eve. The first Adam and Eve, the first Adam who came and Eve was taken, from the, um, created from his rib, messed up. They missed the mark. And they missed the mark in a way that opened up for the rest of humanity this opportunity to see good and evil. Which we did not, we weren't created to see good and evil. Unless you choose to. And the way we chose is by focusing on that, what Adam and Eve chose by focusing on the tree. And by focusing on the tree, there's three things that came up that pushed them out of the Garden of Eden. Now, garden... Okay, the light's blinking again. Garden in the Greek word for garden is paradiso. That means paradise. Living, living in paradise with God. Living in the presence with God. But there are three ways, three things that happened that caused Adam and Eve to fall out of paradise with God. And all it means is when you shift and start focusing on that, which causes you to feel separate, causes you to feel um, limited, causes you to feel separation. You get caught up in the third dimensional realm of separation and limitation. And now your focus is on that, and then the labels come out of that, and that's where it becomes good and evil. Does that make sense? Evil, all evil means is that you are focusing on something in a way that is outside of the presence of God's good. So let's go ahead and read this uh, Matthew chapter 4. And I'm going to be uh, reading uh, verses 1 through 11. Well, yeah, yeah, 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During the time, that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say... People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the, high, the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot 
on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures say, you must not test the Lord your God. Verse 8, next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and said, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get thee behind, get thee, uh, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Let me just pray real quick. Thank you, God, for this message, for working in me deeply with this message, for opening me up to be the voice of your message. I allow my human to decrease, and I allow the spirit to come forth, that your message will be untainted. Thank you, God. Amen. So as we read this, we see that Satan came to, or the devil, quote unquote, came to Jesus during a time when he was hungry. He's caught up in his body. He's kind of feeling a little weak, a little hungry. In this moment, he's gotten, he's got, he has a temptation. And the first temptation is, you're sitting here hungry. You have the power to turn these stones to bread. Why don't you go ahead and do that? And then the second temptation was, <clears throat> I'll give you all of this. No, jump off the top. He took him to the top of this, the temple in Jerusalem. Jump on off. Show your power. If you show your power, everybody know who you are. Jump off this thing. The Bible says, the scriptures say that the angel is going to protect you. And then the third thing he says to him is, if you bow down before me, I'll give you all of the kingdoms. Now, there's three different aspects of our consciousness that are caught up in these three temptations. And the kicker is, Adam and Eve went through the same aspects of temptation. Because when we go to Genesis and we read in Genesis, we read in Genesis that God made Adam and Eve, and then God put them in, they, they were in this garden, paradise, and in the garden was a tree. It was a tree of life, eternal life, and there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were told not to eat from that tree. And, they, and the Satan comes to him and comes to Eve as well. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to read verse 18. Nope, nope, I'm going to ch Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through uh, 7. So the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals of the, of the Lord, and the Lord, I mean, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God made. One day he asked a woman, did, you, did God really say 
You must not eat the tr fruit from any of the trees in the garden. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman said, replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God cannot know evil because evil is seeing things backwards. If it ain't one thing, if it's one thing God will not and cannot do is see things backwards. Human beings see things backwards, but not God. Amen? Amen. So that was a bold-faced lie. Right, or a bald-faced lie, whatever you want to say. Amen. I don't know if he was bald or not, but it was a lie. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. <laughs> the woman was convinced. I'm at verse 6. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, eating something, and its fruit looked delicious, looking at, the, looking at something. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her. And he ate too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt ashamed at their nakedness. So they uh, sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. Now, there's three different things. There's three things here that are connected to the three things that Jesus came to reverse in Jesus' way of standing up to those temptations. Now, the first one was when he was um, tempted to eat of the, to, to make the stones into bread so that he could eat. That is considered lust of the flesh, satisfying the flesh, pleasuring the flesh in whatever way you want to say it, but that is what it is. And the second um, form of temptation that he was given when, oh, I'm tripping up here, this little thing, this floor is sticking up, um, is when he was told to jump off of the high part, the, the highest part of the temple in Jerusalem and show that you do have the power. Why are you doing all this humbleness? Why don't you do the boldness? Be bold and grand and, and have a grand gesture that you are the son of God. And that is the pride of life. Anything you do to get an accolade, anything you do to exert power, anything you do to look good is the pride of life. And then the last thing was when he told him, all this stuff I will give to you if you bow down before me. That's the lust of the eyes. These are all forms of lust that are caught up in the consciousness that we have to overcome. Now, the beautiful thing that, it, that Jesus showed us is how to overcome it. Now, in 1 John, and I know I'm doing these, but I, I'm just being led. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it says, For the world offers only a craving of physical, for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our accomplishments and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything people crave. 
But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Now let's put these all together. Let's put this all together. The serpent was with Adam and Eve, and the serpent was also with Jesus. Jesus came to do something specific, and that is to overcome the inclinations of the flesh, to overcome the attachment that we have, not just to our body, but the attachment that we have to the physical world, to overcome any attachments that the ego has for feeling that it's greater in its self-sufficiency than the one that created it. Those three things are the, the three types of lust that all sin can be rooted in. And that is what caused Adam and Eve to fall away from paradise because paradise means oneness, fullness of oneness with God, only seeing the presence of God, only seeing good. When you see good and evil, you're coming from the flesh. You cannot be in the presence of the garden with God, which represents the kingdom of heaven, moving inside in the spirit in you, and taking that power back that's in the spirit in you to overcome all the inclinations of your body. Fasting is the abstinence of. It's to be, it means to be abstinent. It means to stop doing. But I'm promising you, the, thing, the purpose of fasting is that once the 40 days are up from that spiritual preparation, you leave it behind and never visit it again. And so in unity, we move past letting go of something physically. We step into a spiritual way of fasting and abstinence. We let go of those things that are lower vibration thoughts. We let go of judging things. The first thing that is the greatest thing to let go of is judging something good or evil. When something difficult or or uncomfortable happens in our life, one of the first things we say is how terrible it is, how horrible it is. We put a negative label on it, and then you begin to feel it. Because you've told your body to feel that way by thinking that way. So the greatest place that we are here to fast is in our mind, all those thoughts that are out of alignment with God. The devil, Satan, represents you. That part of you, that lower vibration of you that is tempting yourself because you're getting caught up in the way you're seeing things. Does that make sense? If you see it in a way that's negative, if you see it in a way that's bad, if you start wondering, well, maybe God is wrong, right there, you've been visited by the devil. The devil, when you look at the word devil wrong, D-E-V-I-L, which word is that backwards? Lived. In that moment, you have lived backwards. Evil means the absence of the presence of God in your focus. That's all it means. So when I'm focusing and acting a certain way as if I'm the only one who has to do things, as if somebody's hurt my feelings, as if somebody did something, right there, I'm sinning. And we are told by God that we are made in God's image and likeness. God, when God created the world, God said the world was what? Good, right? But when God created man, what did God say about man? That man was what? Very good. Because we're made to be able to, yes, my scarf. Thank you. I'm so caught up in my stuff, my scarf's sliding right off. I'm slippery, y'all. I'm slippery. Thank you. Mrs. Franz. 
<laughs> huh. So during this Lenten season, we are here to fast from, number one, those temptations of the flesh. Anything that causes you to do it in a gluttonous way. We're supposed to be moderate when we do things. I stopped eating meat during a fast. And I made a promise. It took me a minute. I gave it up for 40 days, a couple years. First, I gave up um, red meat and pork. So I wasn't eating hamburgers or whatever. I had to let go of my, my Whoppers, my Burger King Whopper Juniors and my Burger King Whoppers. That was not easy for me. Till I found out that fast food ain't good for you, then I'm like, okay, I can let that go. And I committed to treat my body better. When I committed to treat my body better, it made it easier for me to let go of pork and, and red meat. And then it took me a minute. I, I, I fasted for chick, on chicken and, and fish and turkey that, that, and shrimp and lobster. I can taste it now. That's the only way I'm going to taste it is through my imagination. I promise y'all because it ain't going in my mouth again. But I it took me a minute. It took me a couple years. I'd fast for Lent, and then I'd go back to it. And then one year, I made a commitment, and I asked for support and help from God within before I did it. And I promised God I was ready, and when I was ready, I asked, let this be my last year that I eat any meat. And that was going on 31 years ago. No, I'm sorry, 21 years ago. I wish it was 31. Okay, I'm claiming it, 30 years and more. I'm following what God's saying to me. My point is, is I, I let go of that part, but it's anything else that you're doing towards your body that is not healthy. Any pleasure that you're putting with your body that's above God, that is a sin of the a lust of the flesh. Anything that you put before uh, God as a possession, like those folks who stole my car. That was the lust of the eyes. That's seeing something that belongs to somebody else and wanting it. Lusting after someone else. Lusting after something someone has. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. That's the lust of the eyes. That you want to possess what someone else has instead of letting God give you your own. And this is the kicker. When you get what someone else has, sometimes it ain't what you need. Amen. So now you get it and you're feeling good and then you realize it ain't for you. Now you got to give it back. All that effort to get it, all that longing for it and lusting after it, instead of asking God, is that for me? And if it's for me, let me get my own instead of going after this one. Does that make sense? That's the lusting, at, that's the lusting after the eyes. And then the pride of life. Oh, I'm going to use my accolades. I got my master's degree. I'm better than y'all because I got this. I got three master's degrees. So I'm this sweet business. And you got a certificate. So you're not as good as me. That is the pride of life. I have, I have the ability to go take, and I'm getting real, go take people. No, let's start off. For, let's, do it, uh, let's do it honestly. Take land from people who are already living there. And then go take people, because these people are dying off, and go take people to build this land and call it my own. That's, that's pride of life. That's pride of life. 
And then keep it going for years and years and years because you're afraid to lose power. In your mind, you think you're losing power. That's pride of life. That's pride of life. And anytime we feel that we are better, we're right, or, and, you know, you're trying to be right, instead of just being love, you're coming from the pride of life. Trying to prove somebody, prove to somebody that your way is the right way. In your mind, it may be the right way for you. But when you try to exert it on someone else, that's pride of life. When you try to tell folks every time there's a, okay, I was going to say debate, but I'm not going to say debate. Every time there's a competition or something, you want to have an intelligence comp uh, test to prove yourself more smart than someone else, that's pride of life. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Those kinds of things, and when we allow it to happen, we're buying into it. We're buying into it. We are here to release those things. We are here to move to a higher level, fasting from those things. But this is the beautiful thing. Fasting is a denial. You deny the power that it has over you to affirm the truth in that situation. So this is the thing. I was reading how you substitute one for the other, but you don't really substitute. You take it and purify it to a higher level. That's what you do. Because thoughts will still be in your mind, but you purify that thought from a lower vibration divine idea into a higher vibration divine idea. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. That's a divine idea, but you're seeing it wrong. And Satan's visited you. The devil's visited you. When you shift and see it the right way, you're coming from the angels, which are angelic messages, which is the truth of God. Does that make sense? I challenge us today, beginning this Lenten season, and next week I'm going to talk about fasting a little bit more, and then I'm going to talk about prayer for a couple of weeks. I'm just following God. And then we're going to go and get into giving, because those are the three aspects that, that Jesus came to demonstrate when, when he came onto earth, but that's also part of the Jewish tradition but there's deeper levels of it. Because when you sit and you literally take fasting on the level it is meant to be, you start disciplining yourself. You are a disciple. You step into discipleship with Jesus. And then when you shift past that after the Lenten season, now it's time for you to teach it and be it. You become an apostle. Amen? Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to be an apostle. Amen. When this 40 days is a, a four, yeah. 40 days is up. When we hit up here on Easter Day, Easter Sunday, I'm going to be saying somehow I'm an apostle. Amen? Because I'm committed to the discipleship that it will take. Now, this is the other part of it. When you are fasting from something and you're eliminating the cravings of it, you can't do it by yourself. You have to go inside and you have to create a time with God where you work on that thing because you put yourself in the place. You got to shift yourself and take yourself out of the place. The only way to take a lower vibrational divine idea and raise it to the truth that it is, is to go into the truth that it is, which is God. Jesus used scripture after scripture after scripture. He said it in here. For the scriptures say, the scriptures say, the scriptures say. That is the truth of God. So I'm challenging you all this week. That any time you come into a space where you feel yourself feeling some kind of way, let's change that vibration 
abstain from having that thought, meaning that you go into, last, a couple weeks ago when we were in our class, um, our, the unity class that I'm teaching, um, A Quest for Truth, I was, I was, it, I was heard God say, we got to catch ourselves to affirm ourselves. So when you're in a space of feeling some kind of way, you already know that if it ain't a paradise feeling, it's a sinful feeling. You're missing the mark. Your focus is in the wrong place for what it is that you want in the outcome. That's all it means. And I promise you, we are created to always want peace as our outcome. So the moment you feel yourself getting in that space, catch yourself and affirm the truth about yourself. Amen? Amen. If you're feeling upset about some, somebody, right now you put an expectation on them. And when you put an expectation on them, even God doesn't put expectations on us except to be what we're created to be. And that is the free will choice to choose what it is we do choose to do. So if you have an expectation and someone transgresses that expectation, you're going to know because you're going to be disappointed, angry, or upset. Catch yourself and affirm yourself. Let go of that expectation because right there is the pride of life. We do not have the right to put an expectation on anyone else except to allow them to be themselves. Now that's acceptance, not expectation. Amen? Amen. But the first person we need to start with is yourself. You need to release expectations you have on yourself. Let's fast from those expectations we have on ourselves. Accept to be the most beautiful expression of God that we're created to be. And to let God teach us how to do it. Amen? Amen. Let go of that expectation. I'm inviting you all to follow me, and I'm challenging, challenging you all to follow me into total acceptance of yourself. Some people say uh, un unconditional love. I say total acceptance love. Let's step into total acceptance love. Fast from any conditions you have on yourself. Fast from any conditions you have on anyone else. Fast from any conditions you have on God. And step into the truth about who you are. So anytime you have a feeling, catch yourself and affirm yourself. I'm feeling upset about someone. I'm going to catch myself and I'm going to affirm the truth. They have a right to whatever it is they did, and I am judging it. And so that's why I'm creating for me that feeling. No one can make you feel a certain way. No one can make you do anything. If you do it, it's because you chose to. Even if they have a gun to your head, if you do it, it's because you chose to. You have a choice over your life. You have a choice to choose better. You have a choice to catch where you are and know whatever thought you're thinking is on a lower vibration, there is a higher vibration thought for it. Transform it into something higher so that you can be a higher expression of it, so that you can walk into the divine light that you're supposed to be, so that you can come through this Lenten season in a higher expression ready to resurrect. Amen? Amen. Because as you let it go, it's going to die. And when it dies, you're going to resurrect into your truth. Are you ready to be your truth? Amen? Are you ready to be your truth? Amen? Amen. Are you ready to be your truth? Amen. Amen. All right, I'm done.
hyped us up. <laughs> All the people said amen. Okay, let's go into uh, gently close your eyes and let's amen this divine offering that we feel God leading us and guiding us to give today. Take a deep breath. Let it come to mind what you feel led to give, knowing that you are the prosperity. You are one with the prosperity that God has created in you to give this. If it's not stretching you, it ain't from God. Let it stretch you, what you feel led to give. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. And I'm going to seal it with a amen. Okay, let's go ahead and stand because I don't have my thing, so I can do my celebration. So we'll stand and do the, pe uh, the prayer for protection and the peace song. Whoo! And then we're going to step into this Lenten season, catching ourselves so we can affirm ourselves. Amen? Amen? All right. As we affirm this prayer for protection, let's affirm this prayer for protection from the I am in you. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Praise God, there's peace on earth, I know it begins with me. Praise God, there's peace on earth, the peace that was meant to be. With God as creator, family all are we. I now walk with my family. 
beautiful, beautiful day. I'll see you downstairs for our annual meeting. And if you can't stay, at least come say hi to me before you leave. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.